This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with George Allman. 50% of our crew, is that right? 50%, two the, out of the four? Better looking 50%. Are here or are here, not here? Are here. Ken and Mark <laughs> are out doing other things this Labor Day weekend. How are you, they sir? Are. I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right. I enjoyed the crystal clear. East County morning this you morning. You said that it was foggy upon my drive. I didn't see. No. I saw like one star, partly through the clouds, and that was it. No, no moon this evening for me. There was or a this morning. This, rather this, this morning. This morning. It's dark. It You're can still be a, evening. I need more of that coffee. Don't they gave I? You, they gave you decaf. This I think morning. they may have. Yeah. Um, struggle. I had. There was a sliver, a sliver moon to the east, just rising this morning when I was heading out, and it's the the weather's perfect. Nice, crisp. It almost feels like it, September. Like it feels August like autumn, it doesn't it? It feels it, like fall is here, except that it's still kind of hot in the middle of the day, or it's getting there again. But the, the, I, I agree with you. The evenings, the mornings have been very autumn esque, if that's a word. You're welcome to use it. Autumn esque. Autumn esque. Uh, thank you for offering to be so generous with your it's your yours. word. Um, which brings us to what's going on with our. Daylight. We are in September. The we days are in seem September. to be getting shorter. What's, what they, do we have? They are, in fact, getting shorter because we're approaching the fall or autumn, autumnal equinox, which we talked about earlier. What, what does that mean to you? Well, it means, apparently incorrectly, that we're about 50-50 daylight and darkness. It, it does. I mean, it, it's approximately 12-hour days, even, even, between even, day, even between daylight and nighttime, but the, the, the real or night. Uh, the the real the sun is uh, actually arises and sets over the equator. That's the equinox, so and that's twice a year, obviously. So, when we were talking about this, I asked you to do some math, and I don't know if I we followed up because we kind of got off on some other tangents. How much shorter are the days right now? Sunset from from back, back when the sun was at its apex back in mid or late June. Yes. It is, yeah, I, but we did. I just glanced. I didn't do the math oh, because luckily part. there's a website that does the math for you, and I don't have to do public math. But today's the fourth, so it's one minute and fifty six seconds less daylight than we had in late June per day. But uh, between daylight and nighttime today. Okay, that could not have been more confusing to me, but maybe it's just me. So one we almost one, 2 minutes a day shorter uh, now shorter than then than we had then yes okay. yes less daylight daily 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 and, yes okay so and that changes about a second or so or 2 seconds depending on yeah all right and it sometimes we forget because the days are so warm correct that that they are getting shorter our Soils nights are, are longer cooling down right nights are longer 
without without you. you. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, of course. Um, I'm not going to break into song, but it is supposed to warm up this week. And then they're also talking about an increase in monsoonal moisture later in the week. But it is nice to have the what I consider a cool, crisp morning. I agree. And, and, and I guess in some ways we can, well, I have, we have cut back a little bit on some of the watering, not as frequent, still quantity when we do, but changing yeah, it from like every few, six days going to seven or eight days. Can go a few extra days. Right. I, last night, put on a headlamp to go lock up my chickens, and I normally take a pretty bright spotlight. And I picked a few figs and a few grapes, but the headlamp isn't near as bright as the... I'm looking around the studio because I didn't see any of those figs or grapes, so... Uh, they're in the car. Okay. Um, maybe, if you're a good boy, I will share them with you later. However, comma, I, I guess maybe because I had a headlamp on, and it's also a different direction, a different angle, I noticed all these little glowing what looked like eyes in the in the weeds in the grass around my feet and it looked really strange and i thought oh those are the little field mice that are always the, messing the with the meadow my mice garage. the voles yes yeah. and upon further inspection they were spiders looking back at me all these little pairs of eyes it looked it looked like a cartoon but it was really kind of neat and i tried this morning with my spotlight to see the spiders either they went to bed or they closed their eyes and there was no reflection or they closed <laughs> their eyes or it was just too bright or different i don't know but it was really interesting seeing all those little eyes coming out at me last evening that, i i've not seen that and that's pretty neat now normally when you do that there's more movement right i mean because it's mice they just they get well, startled and move away actually, or the no, rats i don't normally see mice or rats i usually see and last evening i saw a possum walking away or there's sometimes a cat on the neighbor's wall just staring at me um but i see larger animals i've never seen the little itty bitty ones and this was very interesting that is and 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 speaking of animals larger animals and and figs last night a coyote hind legs as tall as he or she could get pulling figs out of the tree daylight it was like 6:40 it wasn't even evening yet it's interesting i have not noticed and i have some persimmons on the ground or the branches are pretty low and it doesn't look like the the coyotes must have adequate rabbit in my neighborhood they're up, up in poway they are daily coming into the yard pulling the persimmons i had to retie the, it's cuz it's a younger persimmon tree that we have so i went up and tied it to an olive tree to help pull it up because the coyotes every day have been pulling on it so much that it's leaning. You know, this fall we should have, well, actually, let's get to that real quickly. This fall we should have some garden classes on trimming, and maybe if you properly trim the trees, you won't have to tie them up. But that, that is actually true. A subject for another time. Do we have garden classes coming up at Walter Anderson Nursery this weekend? This weekend we do not. It is Labor Day weekend. We have both stores are quiet for classes. We are open, but we're quiet for classes. And are we open on Monday? We are open on Monday. Regular hours. Regular hours. Okay. And then um, what about garden classes for next week? So Saturday, September 11th, in the San Diego store at 9 o'clock, we're going to have a class on composting. And in Poway at 9.30, a, an ornamental trees for the yard with Brian Robert. Now, we've been pushing for that. I have been pushing for that because we do a lot of fruit tree classes. We do a lot of uh, vegetable classes. But we, we have a lot of folks coming in 
specifically looking for ornamental trees and I need the knowledge as well because I like the fruit trees more. But So Brian's going to teach and give some insight and present some ideas on different types of ornamental trees, you know, like a tipu tipuana or a, I don't know, a peppermint tree, peppermint willow. What are some of your favorite ornamental trees, David Ross? I don't know. I was one. I was thinking about which way to go tangentially away from this, but I, I guess we probably shouldn't. Um, you had posted. Uh, let's go to Wednesday Wisdom. Which for a which flow, flows into this? Yes. Yeah. Because I want to. That's what I want to talk about about this. So please okay. tell me about your Wednesday Wisdom. This so week. so our Wednesday Wisdom this week, uh, which appropriately was put out on Wednesday, which. Works out pretty well sometimes. You want me to come over there and pat you on the back? No, you can give me a kiss later. Okay. Uh, It was about Nan Sturman, one of our uh, local authors and the host of A Growing Passion on KPBS, had an article last February of last year in the uh, UT on small trees that are also drought tolerant. Uh, A lot of folks do not have large yards in San Diego, and they look for smaller trees that can accent their yard, but they're also looking for trees that don't have obstructive roots or in, invasive roots, rather, and, and can, can handle a little bit of lack of water. So she put together her top 10 trees. And that's in the Wednesday Wisdom, and it links to the daily... It links to the UT, UT article. article. Correct. And what was my complaint to you about that? Do you recall? I, I do, and, and, and it's a valid complaint. And, and, but this complaint is, is valid across a lot of the trees, because when you look at a tree whether it's a large specimen tree or it's a small one of these that's discussed in the article, you can't see, you don't have the vision of what they would look like as a tree. And most of the trees that she cited are shrubs, and they have to be pruned in order to be a tree. So when somebody comes into the nursery, for instance, to see one of these trees, why don't you pick one? Uh, well, there's a, uh, what about the... What's the nificacia in there, Acacia cultriformis? Was that one of well, them? I have to pick it. I have to go to the article. Okay. Well, anyway. I was just rambling, so... I have the article open. I do. I have it open. So well, that's what I was told. So I thought I'd be able to refer well, the, to it. The, and you'd the, have what it about the Melaleuca? Oh, no, no, the the Ceanothus. We'll go to the the Ray okay. Hartman Ceanothus. Okay. That's a good one. And it's usually a, a a small shrub or a staked column in the right. nursery, and it wouldn't look like it's a, a nice street tree, which is why you have to be able to kind of look into the future and and, and yeah, and see the vision and. If you if you go to the website and click, I mean, onto the Facebook page and, and to that link, you'll see it. They, she has some pictures posted as well, and, and you'll get a good exam, a good uh, feeling for what that can look like as a tree. So, so many of these small trees are actually trees or shrubs. It's just a classification, really, and especially when you're talking about the smaller ones. But we, you know, we have a lot of tr- uh, shrubs that we bring in that are sh- pruned as a standard or a patio tree. And some examples that we have lately, like the Duranta, the skyflower. You've yes. seen those? We have those as patio trees. And they look completely different than just this massive the, the shrub. shrub. And it's the same plant. It's the same plant. Trimmed differently. Uh, and we do it with roses. And actually, that um, the Duranta makes a beautiful small tree. It does. The wild animal park or safari park, depending on one's age, has a beautiful specimen or had. I haven't been up in a, in a little while. Over where the monorail... Q line used to be when they had the monorail to go around the park. Do you remember that? It has been so long. I well, where I, the mo- where you would go to get onto the monorail, they had a big, big specimen. Um, can I throw out another small tree that you isn't may. part of your Wednesday wisdom? The vitex, the vitex purpurea. So the, that's the uh, Arabian lilac, or chaste. 
chase, but I thought normally the other, the, the non-lilac is, is the one that's more often called the chase. But okay, the Arabian lilac. Right. Blooms a ton. Blooms a ton. Very low water. Relatively small as a patio tree. 15 feet, I think, maxes. Yep. Beautiful. There are, there are two or three of them up in the Poway store, and I've been looking at one. You thinking about I, it? I, I'm thinking about it. I, the problem is we have the space. It's a function of where. So I keep thinking and, and looking and where do I want to put this? I would say that's one of the problems. The, the first problem that would come to mind for me with you is that it's not edible. It's, it's an true, ornamental. But it's a great tree for pollinators. Bees love it. Bees love it. And that's why I would consider it. Because our beehive the other day we think was, be, was actually being robbed by another hive. I know that sounds weird, but I went to get Hot something. Hiveway robbery? Hive, oh, my God. Is it break time yet? Oh, That's close, but um, not quite yet. Hiveway, that was good. Well done. You. Did you I, stay up all night? Cause, no? No. Okay. I, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last oh, night. Oh, my gosh. Hiveway robbery. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, so our, what does but, that mean? So it, it appears. I, 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 I We had to look it up. I was doing something outside, and when I, I the hive was going ballistic. So we, I went over to it, and there were – Looked like a major battle was taking place between bees. Uh, our, the bees from the hive were coming out, and they were apparently being attacked by other bees. And they all looked the same, right? You couldn't see one well, type of bee they that had, looked different. One had than... different flags they were carrying from. But no, they, they looked obviously they looked the same. So we suited up and went out and got right in the midst of it. Suited up with a beehive suit, beekeeper suit. So we went out there and just looked, watched it, and they were they were there were bees dead all over the ground everywhere from this epic battle that was taking place the next day i went out and it was normal so did you so, go in to see how much no we didn't we didn't want to open or? it up uh, but at the end we went in and did some research and there is that does occur when there's a, a lack of nectar available so all that to say that this vitex may be something to put in to get more nectar available <laughs> that's how we got here that's how we got I there i do want to I, I want more info on on thieving bees um, so I'm going to, we'll have to get back to that some more. However, we're going to have to take a break, but if you would like to give us a call and tell us about your hiveway robberies, <laughs> give us a call at 888-344-1170. You are listening to Garden Talk on AM 1170 and KPRZ, KPRZ North County. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And I want to come back, but I don't want to break into Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. No, because I'm snapping my finger here. Great, yes. great piece of music. Yes. Uh, you are listening to Herb Alpert, Herb Alpert <laughs> and the Tijuana Brass on AM 1170 and KPRZ. This is Garden Talk. I am David Ross, along with George Allman, Ken Anderson, and Mark Mahady are out doing Labor Day things this weekend. 
Does that mean working? What is? I think it means not working. Okay. That's what we, we do for Labor Day. We don't. Well, some but we don't. do. Some but don't. We do. Um, before we went into the break, we were talking about a wonderful <laughs> pun. If I must say so myself. If I must say so myself. <laughs> Highway robbery was taking place. There was a commotion in the beehive at George's, at George's beehive, right? Well, or, Capri, at, Capri's, Capri's beehive, Capri's, but right? our beehive. At yep. the beehive. Yep. We'll just call it the beehive. And so... So it, it, it can occur. We did a little research following the commotion, the highway robbery that was taking place to give you alleged. one more alleged... Uh, and it and it can occur where there's a what's was called a nectar dearth, meaning there's not enough nectar available, and it typically happens in hot, dry summers, which we recently had. And if you listen very carefully, you can hear them say, "Luke, I am your father." <laughs> Dur- I think it's spelled differently, is it? Oh, not, okay. But, well, not but, in my so. Not in so my it happens when there's a, a a lack of nectar. So that's why it's important to have nectar producing plants in your yard, particularly if you have a bunch of fruit trees. But And then stronger hives will come and invade the weaker hives, or you could have a weak queen, and they, they come in. Now, again, we think that's what transpired. But you don't know. But I don't know for certain. But it appears that's the we, next day they were, they you know, the hive was back to normal. We need to get a miniature camera in there so we can see what's going on and record it. This sounds like it would have been a really good Monty Python skit. It was the most... I, at first, I just thought they were swarming. I thought they were leaving the hive. They were all mixing it up to leave, so I ignored Going it for a little. Going back to college? Yes, exactly. Leaving the hive, empty nesters, so to speak. And and then when I, I, I came back to it, I, I recognized that there was a lot more going on, and they were not swarming. And you suited up and went out there, and they weren't aggressive to you, so it no. probably wasn't the uh, it, it, killer bees or... Probably not, right? They were not aggressive to us, but we also didn't disturb another... the hive in any way. We were just in the midst of it. Interesting. Yep. Well, it was. It was very interesting. All right. Well, thank you. So now, I, so back to plants. So nectar-producing plants. Oh, that's, yeah, that's that's how we got here. Yeah, we got here. there from there. Not so the, the Wednesday wisdom, some of the small patio trees that we were talking about. But so that took you to pollinators, which was my tree. So which it was, comes yeah, back to it, me. It comes back I'm, to you, okay, and that's what you. I try to do daily. Um, any other trees on there that, that you want to call out? But she has a couple. She had some, the, the Dr. Hurd Manzanita, but, and that's another one that we were talking about that I – I can't. I couldn't picture that without looking at a photograph of it as a tree because I always see it as a little shrub. That is what we did not talk about when you were. T- when somebody comes into the nursery and they are looking for one of these trees, what we are generally selling are not large, full, mature specimens. It's a and, tree that, that and that's gonna- whether it's this 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 list of plants that she has here, or when we're talking about regular trees like a podocarpus or something. So you have to. You have to kind of consider what's going to happen. And we have books and we have the well, internet. I was, I was telling you that pictures. one of the things I like to do, we have a, a wonderful book called Street Trees of San Diego, which has a, a large number of great photographs of alphabetically, botanically, of all the, tr- you know, all the trees that make good street trees here locally. They don't have super invasive roots. It talks about whether they're deciduous, et cetera, et cetera. But there's always a, an accompanying photograph of the tree. So when you're taking someone down the, the tree line where our trees are and you show them this stick that they want this canopy of shade in their backyard for their picnic table they they see a stick and they don't quite like they can't see into the future so you show them this book and that usually encourages them towards that particular plant it takes time it takes time yeah unless you want to buy a i don't know a several thousand dollar massive pot 
But there's so many of these, well, of that list of 10, when you come into the nursery, as we mentioned before, they're little shrubs. Right. And they're going to either make a standard tree if you prune them to one trunk or a multi-trunk tree if you let the whole shrub develop. But they do become very nice trees if you are patient, patient. And, and, and work with them. And, and as you said, if you prune, that's something I'll tell folks when they buy trees that are typically shrubs. I said, this is a, a, a handsome, a beautiful, lovely, whatever you know, adjective I might use. I use handsome. I use handsome for uh, grape myrtles. I think the bark is handsome, and I also Agreed. use it for strawberry trees. The, uh, Agreed. So I said this is handsome bark. But, okay. So when I, well, I'll say these types of trees right here, or these types of shrubs, make beautiful small trees for your patio, for your yard. But you have to occasionally go out there with a pair of clippers and maintain it because if you ignore them, you end up with the shrub. It comes back to being a shrub, and I, I often can find a plant that we're talking about that has a little branch coming off halfway up the stem down towards the bottom and say, for example, this, if you let this go, you will have a shrub. So it does take a little bit of maintenance to maintain them. And vision. And observation. Observation and vision. Right. If you would like to give us a call, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. We need, as you were saying, more trees and more pollinators, pollinators, pollinator-friendly bloomers. Easy right? for you to say, yes. Apparently not. And that's where the Arabian jasmine came into That's where we. That's how we segued out, yes. Okay. I have a, and I'm not sure what variety of eucalyptus is over my chicken coop blooming. It's just finishing up now, but every morning when I'd go out, you could hear it humming. Um Last night when I was picking figs that I did not bring into the studio for you, but I will get them to you, um, there was a bee sitting on one of my figs. Those make very good uh, pollinator-friendly plants. They love ripe figs at the end of the season. And he, it was dark, and he was still out there. He or may, she, she, she had and lost she, her she way. may not find her way home without no, the sun. Yeah. No, but fortunately I didn't get stung while I was doing it. And then I take the rotten ones and throw them in the chicken coop so they can have those in the morning. That's and all I we, have. And we just, we just leave them because the coyotes will come and get whatever. I wonder, we have plenty. We usually have plenty of coyotes in my neighborhood. And I have not received street text alerts recently that the coyotes are out in the mornings. But I haven't seen them recently. And I wonder if they've moved off or... There's a neighbor up up there that has uh, this dog that is mostly wolf. This dog is huge, looks intimidating as all get out. And he, my, I was talking to the neighbor yesterday, I was working in the garden and he came by and he was saying that he's got a, a, a video camera at the front of his driveway and he sees the coyotes every morning and every night making his way through there. So he lets this big monster of a dog out to chase him off the property. But it's the same too. He said he believes it's a mother and a daughter that, that come up to Capri's to steal all the food. Ah, we know who it is. We know who it is. It's the same two. Interesting. Yeah. And again, what's interesting is they, they come uh, n- not necessarily at night. They come before before sun, sundown and, and just after sunrise, they're still out. Interesting. Not in my neighborhood. I don't know what's going on. Not in my backyard. If you would like to give us a call, 888-344-1170, we're going to go to Ohio. Ten soldiers. Mike in Ohio. Wants to say something nice, so we should let him on. Good morning, Mike. Well, it's Mark, actually. Oh, it's Mark, Mark. Our Mark from Ohio. You know, I was wondering. I just want you guys. 
I just want you guys to know I've never listened to our radio show before. But you and are I've today? Never really. I, yeah, I am, actually, because it's 10 o'clock here or, or you know, 9 o'clock here or whatever time it is here. And I'm eating breakfast, and I'm listening to you guys, and you guys giving out such great information. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like Rose. I, I would have never guessed it. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> That's because you've been in here watching our faces, and you realize, oh, my gosh, they don't know what they're talking about. Thank you, Uncle Mark. Well, it's funny because when I'm sitting next to you, I don't listen to you. I don't mean that like, you know what I mean? (laughs) I do. I do. I I can't tell you how many times George says... Being 2,000 miles away has made a huge difference for me. Excellent. Well, you sound good, Mark. It sounds like you're having a hearty breakfast this morning. And you're in Ohio, so it's it's 8.30. Is that correct? That is correct. Look at your phone. I don't even know. Look at your phone. Is it three hours in Ohio? 9.27. 9.27. Oh, it is three hours in Ohio. I figured yeah, it was closer it is. than that. George is nodding. Is it, anyway, it, it, I didn't is mean it, to interrupt you. You guys were on a roll. No, no. You're, it, a question for you. Is it, is it fall-like weather back there, or any of the trees starting to turn? It's funny. funny. It, the trees aren't starting to turn, but I, when I got here, I guess the day of or the day before, there was like my sister said there was like four inches of rain. She said as soon as it stopped raining, she goes, it became fall. <laughs> she said the weather changed, and she's like, it's fall weather now. But um, again, I, we haven't seen—I haven't seen any trees change yet. But it's you know, it's getting there. Well, so enjoy. Grab your pumpkin spice right latte and enjoy it back there. Are, are you going to be back for next yeah. week? How long are you back there? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. I'll be uh, next week. I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back for the show next week. Not that anybody misses me. We, you guys do. We do. Fantastic. We've had. We've had. Uh, Brendan said we had seven people call this morning that were they're weepy. And they hung cheery. up when they found out you weren't here. And since you weren't here, they did not want to talk. But I'm sure you have just brought a smile to many, well, all 12 people who listen's face. Well, I hope so. But, yeah. And have a great San Diego day. I won't keep you anymore. Again, you guys are great. (laughs) Wait, wait, Mark. I got a quick, quick question for you. How big are Buckeye nuts over there because of the Ohio State Buckeyes? Just want to know. Oh, if you you can't turn left or right without seeing a Buckeye. I mean, everybody's wearing either a Buckeye outfit or a Buckeye shirt or every Little League team's named the Buckeyes. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Well, good. Just but, wanted to know, make sure, you know, all those Ohioans or whatever you call people from Ohio don't know. So. Yeah, well, I've got other names, but that's okay. Hey, now, while you're in what, town. My sister, my sister wants to know what an army worm is. Now, I, I don't even know what that is. She just asked me that. Huh? Isn't an army worm oh, the well, thing yeah. that the larva in the compost bins? No, that's a soldier fly. Oh, soldier fly, yeah. army worm. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll figure okay. it out. And thank you. All righty. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Mahady. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Marky. Let us go to Dennis and Escondido and get a wood chips question. Good morning, Dennis. Hi there. Hey there. Um, I was watching a guy on the internet, and he was touting how wonderful wood chips are to put all over your property. I got to wondering, what about termites? Uh, do termites eat on wood that's on the ground? Or I'm wondering if you want to put these things up next to your house and your planter. Well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Usually they, uh, at least the fur chips that we sell, we don't seem to have a big problem with termites. But there are other issues with putting wood chips up and around the house, and those came to light when the, the fires came through quite a few years ago, and a lot of people don't recommend using wood chips right around the house. 
Um, it depends on what kind of chips, whether or not the termites can get into them. It depends on the depth of them. But yes, um, some of the recycled wood products can can be problematic with that. But I, I, is that enough to sustain a colony, though? I mean, well, the, no, the piece, it might attract them. Yeah, it might attract them, them, but I don't think it would yeah, sustain the colony. But it'll bring them... It, right, it may I, bring them close. Bring them close so that right. then they can move into the house. Yes, it is one factor to consider. Yeah, I have a neighbor that... Uh, has uh, these wood cutting places uh, dump all kinds of wood chips at his house all the time, and so I was wondering if I was going to be in trouble. Possibly, prob- probably, probably not. It'd be something to to be aware of, especially if there's larger piles of it. Um, I have seen termites get into old chunks of wood left laying around before, so it is something to be aware of. Um, I would be very careful how I approach that depending on how you and your neighbor get along. Yeah, I, I think the smaller the, 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 the smaller the breakdown on the chips, the less likely you're going to have any type of infestation with termites. I just don't believe it would be enough to sustain a colony. Hmm. Got a question on soil soup. Is it worth doing? Is soil soup worth doing? That is an excellent question, Dennis, and we will get... Hang on to that because we're going to have to take a quick break at the bottom of the hour now, and then we will address soil soup when we come back after the break. You're listening to Garden Talk here on AM 1170 and KPRZ. If you want to participate, give us a call at 888-344-1170. We're going to take our break now, and Dennis will be back with you just coming up. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. And I look across its smiling lips that warm my heart. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady and George Allman. God did make little green apples, and it don't rain in Indianapolis in the summertime. There's no such thing as Dr. Seuss, Disneyland, and Mother Goose, there's no nursery rhyme. And we are back with Little Green Apples here on Garden Talk on AM 1170 and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with George Allman. Ken and Mark are out playing. And before we went into the break, we were talking to Dennis about wood chips, termites, and soil soup. Are you still here, Dennis? Yes, sir. Good morning. Okay, so... Back so, to the termites. Yeah, real going quick. back to termites, I, I did a quick search, and and there's research by University of Florida and the University of Maryland, and, and they both say that while you may find some termites in the wood products, they are not typically there in any. They're not attracted by it. They're there. The same quantity would, of termites would be in that area whether you had the mulch or not. Oh, so worry ye mm. not, or at least a little bit less. And then on the soil okay. soup question. What, what what was your question about soil soup? Well, is it worth doing? Uh, is you know I've got a tra- I, in the past 
I have a 35-gallon trash can. I fill it up with water with some mulch in the bottom of it or manure or something, and I have an air pump and let it set for about 24 hours going like that, and then I use it as a spray. But is that worth doing? I think the answer would be yes if you sustain it and, and, and keep doing it. If you if you do an area and then just let it go dead without watering it or planting, it'll it's, it's just a waste of product. Uh, have you ever watched the movie... Uh, biggest Little Farm, by chance. It's a documentary. No, I haven't seen it. it it's an excellent film on a couple that ends up purchasing a, a, an abandoned uh, orchard up in, I think it's up by Semi Valley. And they, the, the way that they bring this old orchard back to life, and now you can go visit it. It's a very, very well-producing, high-end producing farm was they, they inoculated the soil with compost tea, uh, worm castings and such, and they were doing it on a grander scale than we probably would ever do in our backyards. But I would encourage you to watch the, the movie and you get a great sense of what it can do for you. Was Dolly Parton okay. in that movie? Uh, no, no, she was not. It was a, no. That's a different one. The Biggest <laughs> Little Farm. The Biggest Little Farm. Big. Okay. All right, thank you. Thanks for calling, Dennis. And, if- and it, I was going to say, we've done classes. Uh, Dean used to teach that... Uh, making compost tea. In fact, we're going to have a class in September, in October with Tyler from uh, backyard. What, what's his backyard grower? His backyard orchard, orchards, San Diego orchards, backyard orchards, San Diego. Right. So Tyler's going to be teaching a class that's going to include uh, making compost tea in, in October. So keep an eye on our calendar. Thanks for calling Dennis. If you would like to give us a call, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. And, that brings us to, we talk a lot about the soil and watering and taking care of your plants and adding compost and using organic fertilizers or grow powers, fertilizers that help the soil. Right, build soil health. And building the soil health is the most important thing you can do to taking care of your plants. If you have healthy, happy soil, plants are going to do better in it. And the worst thing you can do is build up that soil and then let it get dry and let all the beneficial microbes the, the micro- microbial the, micro- the things that can create your microbial activity they the, die they die right and, and your earthworms i mean the, the key is to having healthy earthworms in the garden and maintaining that that atmosphere that ecosystem ecosystem that biome yeah okay correct in the soil it is very important that once you get it that you maintain it and it will help sustain your plants and once you get that active biome going natural breakdown is occurring fertilizers are being released into the soil from the natural breakdown of the organics and the system is taking care of itself which is like teaching your plants to well fish but they can't fish rather than giving them them them. but that's where the organics and the whole correct but but that's a great segue the other day you had somebody come in and i had someone yesterday that came in with with fungi fungus on their on their bark and there was a lot of panic and concern that I've got this mold growing on my bark and such. And and that is part of that breakdown. That's part of that decomposing process. Are you wanting me to sing Circle of Life now? Is that what you're I was hoping you wouldn't, actually. For? So Okay. But it is part of the Circle of Life. And I, I in the Hamul Facebook page, somebody had posted pictures of shelf fungus on their uh, California pepper. And where they were concerned it was killing their pepper. Well, no, the reality is where that's growing, it's already dead. Right. And it's, 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 at a, it's at an effect, not a cause. 
I, I, when when people are concerned about some of the fungus they'll find in their in their bark and mulch, I point out that we sell bags of fungi that inoculant that they can put in to get more fungus in their soil. Because it's part of the circle of life. Brendan, I think we're going to have to have circle of life so I don't sing it coming back from the neck. I don't know if you can pull that up and find that or not. But if we can, from Lion King. But anyway, um, not to put any pressure on you. If you would like to give us a call, the phone number is 888-344-1170. I would like to reach out to John from the San Diego Botanic Garden just in case he's listening this morning. He should be up by Um, now. Second cup of coffee. Ken, Ken told us that he went to the Botanic Garden this weekend and saw the Bromeliad show, which is called, entitled, no pressure, George. I thought you had it there. I did because I was the wonderful going, world of, of di- bromeliads. Of bromeliads. Right. Anyway, he said it was a spectacular show and not to be missed. And so it's the world of bromeliads. The, that was it. Not the wonderful right. world. I like my title better. You're not going to just thank you. Uh, just no, stare I, at I, me. Just stare at me. That I, makes great I, radio. The way I normally do. Yeah. I I, I plan on going. Uh, maybe next week, a week from this coming Monday. When when does it run? Through? According to the website, it ends uh, September 26th. It's on Wednesdays through Sundays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. However, this week, Labor Day, they're open on Monday this week, right? Didn't you tell me yesterday that? Well, it was I remember open you on- you looking at that, but I don't remember that. So. But poor Am radio. I, okay. I don't remember us talking about All whether right. they well, are if open. If you want to give us a call, the phone number is 888-344-1170. Um, thank you, George. You're a, you're a wonderful helper. I'm a garden. wealth of information. Yeah. Let's, uh, why don't we, what should people be doing in the gardens? Well, they should be prepping their, getting ready for their fall garden. Is it time it, to rip out? I, maybe. It depends on if I, we ripped out cucumbers yesterday. They were done. Uh, some tomatoes got pulled out yesterday. Some tomatoes had a lot of spider mites, so it took a little extra oil, and they seem to be coming back nicely. So I think if you're the if, spider if, mites, the spider mites are gone. The plants are coming back nicely. If uh, if the if your plants are are done, if they've stopped producing, it's time to pull them out and start prepping. And when you're pulling out tomatoes, for instance, I would look for fat roots, look for signs of nematodes because it might be something that to deal with next year or not plant tomatoes there next year. Um, but when you are tearing down, take a look and see what you can decipher that might help you for next year. You know what? I planted potatoes at my mother's house this week. We prepped the potato bed and added a bunch of good organic material and turned it in and some uh, organic fertilizer. Got it all ready. Are you going to ask me why we planted potatoes? At- I am. Why did you plant potatoes in, in September? Because... Somebody came out of my mom's house with a bag of rotting, growing potatoes from the pantry. And so you couldn't it was throw time. them away. It was time. Well, not with mom sitting there saying, oh, could we plant these? So they had to be planted. John from the San Diego Botanic Garden, what a surprise. How are you this morning? <laughs> How about that? You shout out and I respond. <laughs> thank, thank you, sir. Um, You're welcome. I, I, I listen every Saturday, so I'm almost always there unless I'm out of town. I, I was supposed to reach out to you, and well, supposed to. I was going to reach out to you earlier, but I didn't because George was so riveting with his Wednesday wisdom. But Ken said, your display is spectacular, and it is not to be missed. I, I'm going to go out on a limb like a bromeliad and assume you agree <laughs> with that. It, it is spectacular, and uh, it's interesting because I've never seen a bromeliad show. I've been to plenty of shows of different types uh, through the years, but... 
it's the first bromeliad show I've ever seen. And we really do have the xeric dry ones through the uh, the jungle types, and it's really cool. Excellent. Well, he he was very excited about it, and George and I are talking about getting up there. We will uh, make but, sure we come see it. You are open on Monday this week, correct? That's correct. We are open on uh, Monday, but we are closed next Saturday, September the 11th, because we have our, our annual, uh, they're calling it a garden party this year, but in the past it's been the gala that happens every year in September. And so next Saturday it's closed, but... Uh, this coming Monday, Labor Day, it is open. Well, good, because I was getting ready to have to search the website, and I'm glad you called, John. Great. Well, well, thank you, guys. We appreciate the plug. And, and it is open uh, to the 26th, correct, as far as the World of Bromeliads? That is correct. Okay, and next time you do a Bromeliad show, could you please make the name the wonderful World of Bromeliads, not just the World of I like that. It sounds a little Disney-esque. Yes, I, I thank you very much. And, and that's why David went there, because he lives in, in Disneyland. I, and we, he sings It's a Small World all the time. So Thanks <laughs> thanks very much for the for the call, John, and for letting well, thank us you guys. know. So, thanks, John. Take care. All right, bye. Bye-bye. If you'd like to give us a call, the phone number here is 888-344-1170. We're going to take one more break. We'll be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Ulmer. You know, maybe we ought to change the name of this show. You are listening to Not Garden Talk here on AM 1170, KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm David Ross along with George Allman. He is about to say something, folks. I'm just curious as to what you might name it. I don't know. Uh, Something with music, something with classic tunes. Silly songs with with Larry? No, no, that's (laughs) taken. That's taken already. Um, It's funny, when I hear that song, I flash back to Little League. Scott and Paul Idol's father driving us to practice in his Continental, four-door Continental with the Suicide Doors. Oh, I remember my hearing gosh, that song doors. in that yeah. car. Anyway, it's um, you are listening to Garden Talk on AM 1170. <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we went into the break, we were talking to John from the Botanic Garden about the wonderful world of bromeliads. I hope he's there when we we get to meet him, if we can get a chance to get up there and sure chat with him. I'm sure will be. What were we going to talk about? We've got another whole quarter segment here. we got well, to do something. If oh. I, a quick plug on fungi. We were talking about 
uh, how it's useful in breaking things down. Another wonderful documentary if you're interested. Oh, you know, when you say fungi, then that brings us to circle of life and a little disappointment. I, I, actually, I, yeah, I seg- go back to that. But the, uh, I believe it was on Netflix. It's called uh, Fantastic Fungi, and it's about an hour-long um is it Doc- about, about me? No, no, not fantastic, David. It's all about um, the, the the downside to it. There's a little mystic stuff in there, and and and, and drugs associated with fungi, you know. But as far as the breakdown and how useful they are, and how much they uh, actually do, how much they do in nature, it's it's very telling. And so, if, another great show if you want to learn about that stuff that's growing on your bark and why you should just leave it alone. Um, I guess while we're talking about that, never eat. Ever. Any fungus from your yard, garden, field, or anything, unless you are absolutely 100,000 million percent certain of what it is. Because Concur. because some of them, I actually think most of them, I know that that's not true, will, will kill you. Okay. Yeah. Just know. Yes. Before you Before go. you go. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, with September, with the cooler weather, and, you know, there was a... It was a little brisk this morning. It was. Comes the bulb season, fall bulb season. And we are losing another bulb supplier. I did that, not know that. that. Fewer and fewer people. So we will have, we, we are starting to get in the, the fall bulbs, which are the tulips, daffodils, hyacinths, narcissus, and all of that. We have a smattering of bulbs in. So, so that's a good you just said we, the the fall bulbs. So, what are the differences between our fall bulbs and bulbs rather and spring bulbs? What what are they? Well, they're different bulbs. Oh, okay. F- well, thank you for your help. <laughs> Anything else? I no, can I'm help good. You with? I'm cleared fall up. Fall bulbs are the ones that arrive in the fall. You usually plant sometime fall into winter and usually bloom winter into spring. I, I knew that piece. Uh, I meant like, what are some of the varieties difference? What would you plant in the fall as a bulb that well, you wouldn't I, plant in spring? How about what bulbs did we get in? Well, no. In general, what would you plant in the fall that you wouldn't plant in the spring? What are bulbs well, that you'd plant in the spring? <laughs> How about if we just talk about the bulbs you plant in the fall right now? What well, you can, but I still need to learn from you what the bulbs well, are. Springs. The spring plants are ones that you would get in the winter. You usually they show up in January for planting in in early first quarter that blooms either spring. No, I got, again, got that part. I meant what are the what types? What are the, what's the differences? What well, I first plant... we have to say that we use the generic term bulbs right. to encompass everything. Encompass Tubers, corms and, and everything. Rhizomes. Right. And the ones for fall. I don't know why you're so stuck on spring. I'm over here and I, we're going to talk about you. fall. We're going to. I'm okay. ready. I'm ready. Fire okay. away. All right. So, in now are the Dutch iris which are beautiful early spring or late winter bloomers uh, that will naturalize here. They do very, very well. Um, we do this first? Okay, hang on. We're going to get back to bulbs, but we're going to go to Vito in San Diego and talk about his lemon question real quick. That's me. Good morning, Vito. Hello. Oh, hi. Good morning. Thank you, guys. I, I like this garden talk. Thank you. Yes. Garden banter, we should call it. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, my, yeah. My name is Vito. Okay, my question is: I have this uh, lemon uh, Myers lemon. It's a improved lemon tree, lemon. Yes. And they're they're about uh, four feet high tall, and uh, 
I was wondering, uh, there's two branches growing on the bottom and the rest are on the top. Is it okay to cut that branches? Yes, yeah. it is. Yes. Absolutely it is. If you want to change its form and to keep them off the ground, it's a great way to prevent some pests okay. and things from getting up into the tree. So, yes, go ahead and cut it uh, fairly close to the trunk, not without cutting into the trunk. Oh, okay. I appreciate that. And I appreciate that. Uh, thank you, guys, being uh, having this program. Appreciate it. I'll, I'll call again if I have a question. All right, All right. Vito. Thank Take care. you very, very much for All the right. call. Thank you. God bless. Take now, care. I, I thought he was going to go to, uh, they were suckers or perhaps rootstock coming off the bottom. That's very possible. We Quite should have big. asked him. If we right. were a good, garden a useful talk? garden talk yeah. and show, not we just would have asked him that question. But speaking of which, um, and I, we had uh, two days ago in the nursery a gentleman who called about his blood orange tree a year or two ago, and he was having problems with it. And it turns out he lives between my house and my parents' house, so I stopped by. I don't know if you remember. Very, very nice gentleman. He came back in, uh, said hello. Uh, I stopped by and it was not getting enough water. He was watering the same basin on his blood orange tree for that years, been watering for probably 10 or 15 years. Um, and he extended out the basin and started watering. And voila. It. And now his tree is happy. Right. And he brought in his neighbor from behind to, to come say hello and to shop at Walter Anderson Nursery. But before we talked about Vito's lemon tree, we were talking about bulbs, and George wants me to talk about spring bulbs. I don't want I, you. To, I don't want you to talk about spring bulbs. I want you to tell me the the, the names of the plants that we typically okay, plant in fall, fall ones, versus those that we plant ones. in spring. <laughs> Would you just let me talk, George? So the fall ones are we mentioned Dutch iris. the The most popular ones are the tulips and the hyacinths and the daffodils and narcissus. The tulips, the hyacinths, and the spring blooming crocus, which you plant in the fall. All need winter chill. They all need to be refrigerated in paper, not plastic, and refrigerated, not frozen. Freezing your bulbs will kill them. Uh, and if you don't want to do that, there's the narcissus, the, the most popular narcissus, the most popular bulb is the, the paper, paper white whites, narcissus. right, and they, they, they naturalize very easily. And they are bulletproof. They are. And you can grow them inside or out. I, and they I actually bloom. love the smell of them. I know a lot of people find it I overpowering, it. but I love it. <laughs> you know, back in the day when I used to do bulb classes, I would ask people whether, you know, who likes the scent and who doesn't. And it used to be about two-thirds like, uh, didn't like it to one-third like it. Now our, our olfactories or something are changing because it's now usually about 50-50. And in this room right here, it's 50-50. Um, that's the most popular one, and they are showing up, and we will have them throughout the season. Um, Amaryllis belladonna, later this season, the amaryllis will show up. Gorgeous. And then uh, ranunculus and freesias will show up now for, for later. The freesias most... naturalize pretty well, too. Yes, they, yes, they right. do. The most popular one in the spring bulbs, since you wanted to know, is the gladiolas and the begonias usually show up. I think. Is that good enough? Does that help? That Does helps. That I, and, and the reason I went that way is we have a lot of folks that always come in asking for bulbs at the wrong time of the year. Oh, okay. That's Now's why. the right time. So okay. ask for the right ones. It's the right time. You have been listening to Garden Talk here on AM 1170, KCBQ, and KPRZ. We're going to have to say goodnight for the weekend. And the Auto Talk Boys and the Wilsey Boys will be coming up next. For the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. 
That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.